Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Midwest Mamas, just some friends finding the good in the world. I'm your host, Alexa. And I'm your other host, Melissa. This music is brought to you by Aaron Moses. Go check him out. Hi everyone, we are so excited that you are joining us today. We had the privilege and opportunity to talk with Shannon Keith, and she is from Sudara. Sudara is a company where they are all about women empowering women. If you look at their website, sudara.org, you can see how every purchase supports living wage employment and skills training for women in India who are high risk or survivors of sex trafficking. This is something Alexa and I both feel strongly about and we think it's an amazing mission to support and so we're very thrilled to talk to Shannon. So thank you for listening and enjoy. All right, Shannon. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited. And um, just for those of our listeners who might not know about your company, can you just give us some background of you, who you are, and just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. So my name is Shannon Keith. I'm a social entrepreneur. And what that means is I started a business to help solve a social injustice that I'm passionate about. So the name of my company is Sudara. We're a certified benefit corporation. And our mission is to help employ women out of sex trafficking in India and by creating sustainable jobs opportunities. So it's all about job creation, training, and placement um, for women so that they don't have to sell their bodies um, for sex to provide for themselves and their children. So really passionate about what we do. We do that through um, an e-commerce store. So we have an online store, sudara.org, where we sell primarily women's pajamas and lounge pants. So a really fun, easy to love product that everybody has. Everybody loves pajamas and lounge pants. Um, And it's not a real fashion sensitive, although we have really cute and fun prints. But our hope is that people fall in love with our products. They stay out of the landfill and in your wardrobe as your favorite go-to pajamas and travel wear. We also have a small line of men's and children's um, pajamas and lounge pants that obviously complement the women's products, but women's products are really like 80% of our business. And so it's just so a woman has options so that she can buy for everyone in her life, um, including men and kids. But um, yeah, it's really a great, easy way that people could get involved and really make a difference in the lives of women and children who are enslaved um, by just spending their ordinary dollars that they would buy anyway. Like you're going to buy products, you're going to buy gifts, you're going to buy Christmas jammies, might as well do it in a way that empowers women. Right. Well, and I will say, I think a month, a month or two ago, I got a pair of pants from you guys, and I love them. Like, they're Yay. just so lightweight, and like you said, you know, they're pretty, but like, I do feel like now they're like my go-to pajama pants. Like, I just love Perfect. them. Yeah, Yay. so they are great awesome. products, and I think, like you said, buying something that you know is going to help someone else versus just going to Old Navy or Target, you know, like, but knowing like you're making an impact when something you're going to buy anyways, like, why not make your purchase go to that? Right. So, yeah. yeah, and we really do um, as consumers and particularly women, like we basically control the household in terms of spending, whether mm. you're a stay at home mom and you're earning the money or not. Um, women control the money of the house. <laughs> so we really do have so much purchasing power. And to your point, um, Melissa, it really is so important that we start connecting the dots 
mm-hmm. that not only are we helping people, but some of those other big box stores that you talked about, there is a lot of slavery in the supply chain. So you're actually hurting people and you're part of enslaving people when you continue to support brands that are just super cheap. You're getting a good deal. The store is making a profit. So someone is getting screwed in the process and women need to start like waking up and realizing that we're part of the problem um, mm. when we don't connect those dots. I never even thought about either. it like that. But yeah. now I'm like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> you know, like I just <laughs> yeah. ne- like, but that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Right. And we don't. Oh. And I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty because believe me, I I never thought about it that way either until I started getting into this business. Right. I just thought, oh, my gosh, I'm getting such a good deal. Good for me. Right. <laughs> I'm so excited because you don't really think that, of course, this business isn't going to be enslaving people. Like, that's not even in the back of your mind. Right. And it's not like the girl at the cash register thinks that she's working for a company that has slave labor. But the problem is we're so disconnected from the makers of our stuff Mm -hmm. that it might be five or six layers down before the slavery is really there and hidden. And so nobody thinks they're harming others, but we all are. And I have to just bring that news, that um, unhappy news (laughs) to to the forefront. So any time I get a chance, I really want to connect those dots for people. Because again, people have good hearts. They're not trying to harm anyone, but we're doing it all the time without even realizing it. Right. And just getting this out here, you know, to know the unknown, because this happens all the time. Um, So what made you want to start this company? Like, what was your passion or how did this all start for you? Yeah, I took a trip to India that just changed my life. I mean, I think so many of us, when you look at like, you're at a crossroads or you're like something happened just super random and then it just like changed everything maybe it was meeting your spouse or it was a job opportunity or you Mm -hmm. got pregnant like unplanned or whatever it was and you're like wow it changed the trajectory of your life but in such a good way that's what happened so i went to india and we were there doing some um, work with our church and with a nonprofit over there that was putting fresh water wells and taking care of orphans and doing some other things like that and the water well that our family was commissioning um, just happened to be matched with a red light area so all the women and children in this little village were enslaved to prostitution we didn't know that at the time we just showed up for the well dedication in india and the more questions i asked i just became horrified and i was like you're kidding me this is back then this was almost 15 years ago this is the year 2005 how are women and children in slavery like i thought slavery ended you know right. so naive so naive um, and it was like, no, actually, it's alive and kicking. And there are more slaves alive today than ever crossed the transatlantic slave oh trade because our population is so much greater um, than it was a few hundred years ago. So we, as a global community, are doing a really terrible job hmm. um, with making sure that everyone has an opportunity to thrive. And we have more wealth and technology and capacity than ever before in human history. And yet we're not using that to lift up those at the bottom um, of opportunities in our society. And so that's the that's the hard work that we need to start paying attention to. Wow. And so that's what inspired me. Yeah. I was just like smacked with it in the face. And then once you know something, you can't unknow it. Mm-hmm. And so I was literally like, I cannot live with myself or look at myself in the mirror if I know this is going on. And then I go back to my like really cushy American life. Mm-hmm. Like shame on me if I do that. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't have some crazy like savior complex, but I was like, hey, if everyone just does their part, 
then the world will be a better place. So I just need to do my part. So my part was basically just having a really pragmatic solution and trying to create job opportunities for women so that they didn't have to sell their bodies for sex. Wow. And so what were some of your first steps to start the company? Like, how did you do that? Like, I feel like that seems like such a big undertaking, like, but I'm sure there was a lot. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know, because if you knew it would be too scary and you'd never do it. So I think there is something about just having passion and being naive. Yeah. (laughs) The entrepreneurs like start things, right? Um, Otherwise, if you knew everything, nobody would start anything because it's way too much work (laughs) that nobody tells you about. Uh But so the passion like sort of carries you in that first initial like honeymoon phase. And it was really all about just being very pragmatic. So I bought a bunch of um, Indian sari material because that's how the pajamas were inspired by the Uh sari material that the women in the red light community were wearing, which is the beautiful textiles of traditional Indian women's wear. Um, And they're so lovely and beautiful. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm in love with these textiles these prints and such beautiful eye candy and so if they could make something that I could sell great and then that was that like divine inspiration from God about like pajamas you know um so I just bought a bunch and I talked to my husband about it and he was supportive and I went back and met with a few of my girlfriends who'd been to India before and who were also passionate about the country and the poor and helping other women and so we got together and I kind of pitched him my idea like hey do you think this is crazy do you think it would work and they were like, I don't think it's crazy. I don't know if it'll work, but let's try. Right. Yeah. So together we, um, and they helped me and we were all just doing it as volunteers. Like we all had careers and I had a husband and, you know, so it was like, we just said, okay, let's try it. And we were in our twenties and very mm-hmm. willing to just, um, you know, donate and volunteer our time and money to go and wow. um, and sought counsel and people who'd started organizations and we started actually as a nonprofit. Oh, okay. um, so that was our first uh, kind of corporate structure entity structure we still have a nonprofit called Sudar Freedom Fund um, okay. that has the same exact mission so we're a hybrid organization we have a nonprofit arm and a for-profit arm oh. and then we're starting our third part of the Sudara family which is Sudara International which will be an Indian based entity so that we can um, expand our mission create more freedom jobs in India and eventually provide equity opportunities all the way down to the women in our centers in India um, wow. as an Indian based organization. So we're pretty excited about that. That's very neat. That's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> I know. And it's been 15 years pretty much in the making. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not all at once. It's like you start and you learn and you fail and you have some successes that keep you going and then you fail again and you learn from those and try and get better. And so starting as a nonprofit and it wasn't until about 2014, we said, Hey, we should do this as a business to help more women and did that. And now we're like, okay, that's been awesome. Now we should do this thing in India or help more women. Cause it always goes back to the mission. Everything we do is how can we help more women and children stay out of the brothels and not only survive, but thrive and flourish. Um, by having sustainable income. How can we do that more? How can we do that better? Um, And so this next third kind of entity, we really feel like rounds out what we're trying to do in this impact space. Wow. That's me. So how would you describe the culture of your company? Oh my goodness. I would describe it as awesome. I mean, I'm biased, of course, but honestly culture can't be dictated like i can't just dictate culture i can lead by example yeah so it really is a testament to the team we're sort of a small but mighty team but everyone on the team is are incredible human beings Mm -hmm. i mean um men and women alike 
both our team in India that is comprised of men and women, um, our Sudar Freedom Fund that has men and women, and then here at Sudar Inc., both men and women working together on behalf of women. Um, so it's all about women empowering women. And it's so cool that we have badass women and super great men that are allies and believe in that. So even though we have a culture it's sort of like dominated by privilege for some and not others. Like the men in our group are really working so hard to make sure that we are modeling the equity that we talk about. Um, and so that culture is super empowering, right? It's yeah. just really humbling to be part of a group of people who, who walk their talk. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say they want this Y and Z, but they're actually doing it um, right. through their career and through their life and through their own personal, um, free time and families. I mean, yeah. Wow. So I can't brag on our team enough. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. And so you just recently went to India. Did you go with just you or like your whole team go or? So I um, I haven't gone just recently. I think it's been a couple of years since I've actually been on the oh, ground. Okay. In the early days, I was going a lot, like multiple times a year. Gotcha. But that was before I had kids and, you know, different things. And so um, we have a team in India, so we okay. have boots on the ground, and we have like three full-time Sudara staff, and then we have our um, our mission aligned partners who are also our real heroes on the ground, and so those are Indian national organizations that work with this population of underserved women and children in the brothels and those at highest risk for sex trafficking. Um, so we have lots of people and wow. bodies and competent folks on the ground in India, so I don't need to be there to like look over the operations. But I like going just yeah. to keep those relationships there and fresh. So um, probably three of us for our team will be going in the next few months. Okay. Um, and then in the future, I think January 2020, we're going to kick off like a founder's trip. So that um, different people of influence and those who are sort of really invested in what we're doing um, will come on a trip with me um, that'll be probably a once a year or twice a year trip so that people can see the work um, again, not as like a tourist, but really as a partner um, with with what we're doing. Um, Yeah. So that'll be something new that we're starting here in the next year. So um, that'll be exciting. That is exciting. How long do you usually uh, stay there when you do visit India? You know, when I go, it's usually a couple of weeks because we have multiple sewing centers and Mm -hmm. India is a pretty big country. So we have to like fly around. Um, But when we do these founders trips, we know not everyone could take off for like two weeks from their families or whatever, especially if there's just like a woman going and she's leaving kids and husband behind or a a single woman who's leaving her career behind. So we're going to probably structure those trips a little differently, maybe like a week on the ground kind of thing. Um, But when I go, it's usually for a couple of weeks because I'm trying to just get a lot done in a short amount of time. And I saw that you're moving your base company to India, correct? Yeah, and so that's this third um, this third organization that we're starting. So okay. we're moving our backend operation. So we'll still have a team here in the U.S. that okay. works primarily with like sales and marketing and social media. And we're going to be building out even some more exciting things in the future around our sales and marketing um, so that we can expand our mission by selling more products. Yeah. Um, but all of the back end, so right now production happens in India already, like the women and our sewing center partners do our products and then right. we would import them here. And then we have a warehouse, which you could see part of it right behind me where we would store. So we have offices here and then a warehouse where we would actually 
um, you know, have to store and ship and the logistics and process returns and do all that kind of stuff. So all of that is moving to India. So that's what will be happening on May 1st. So we actually have, um, yeah, a lot of exciting activity happening there. Yeah. Yeah. That is exciting. You're going to be busy. Yeah, which is part of, which is our mission, right? That right. More of the freedom jobs that we're talking about. So the whole reason we're doing that is for expansion of our mission. Right. So what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced since starting Sudara? Or any hurdles you've had so to jump? Many because mm-hmm. there's been, you know, just like any part of life, if you do something long enough for 15 years, you're going to have lots of challenges right. <laughs> yeah. along the way. So I would say one of the hardest ones for me have been bad hires. Um, people mm-hmm. problems where people uh, say they're one thing or they present themselves as one thing and maybe at the time they are um, but then somewhere along the way they change or their motivation changes or their heart changes and it becomes kind of disingenuous and it stops being about the team and the mission and it starts being their own selfish gain yeah <laughs> um, so we've had um, bad hires both here in the U.S. on our team and that's been hard because um, it starts out great and you want to see the best in everyone right and then it ends up that like hmm, that wasn't so great and that yeah. was actually they really they really harmed the mission and what mm. we're trying to do mm. so that's been really hard um, and then a, f- a few of those same sort of vendor kind of partner relationships in india n- nothing recent there thankfully our team there has been solid for some time but in the past we've had some some shady folks like steal our fabric and you know okay. just stuff that is like unconscionable when you think about we're trying to help women out of sex slavery and you're really going to steal from us right? <laughs> and take right. advantage. And like, who does that? You know? Right. Oh, so that's been, that's been hard. You know, that the yeah. people component um, yep. has, has been disappointing at yeah. times for sure, but it's part of the human experience and all of us are flawed. I'm certainly not perfect by any means. So I get it. It just, it's still hard when right. it happens. Right. So one of the things that I saw from your website was talking about safe housing. So can you just share a little about what that is and what you guys do with that? Yeah, so we work through our partners in India. So we don't have this safe homes ourselves because they're owned and um, structured with our Indian partners, but we'll often help fund them, right? So like, for instance, there's two different types of safe housing in partnership with our partners in India. One is like safe housing just for kids. So for instance, these are children of women that are still working in the sex trade in the brothels. And for whatever reason, they don't want to leave. And a lot of times, as you can imagine, uh, just because a woman has a way out, by the time that she's been in the red light area for some time, she's really broken. And a lot of times there are also addiction issues. Mm. So you can imagine if you're a really young girl plunked in there, a lot of way to cope and to numb yourself is you drink a lot. You might start doing drugs to like numb out and to cope. And then uh, condom use isn't a thing really in India. And so you have unwanted pregnancy. So now you have kids and you're an addict and you're um, a victim of, of sex slavery. And then someone comes along and says, Hey, there's a way out. There's a job. And you're just like, I can't leave. I can't even handle my own life right now, but I don't want my kid to grow up anymore in this. So they'll basically give their kids. So the kids are like semi orphans, right? Their dad was a John. So dad's not around. He was just some you know, John of moms, who knows when. And then the mom isn't really in a position to take care of her child. And the child's not safe growing up in the brothel. And so 
safe housing for kids looks like kind of like a group home through our partners where they're safe. They're like maybe 10 to 12 kids living in a home environment with a couple of house parents who care for them, who feed them, who make sure they get to school, who help them with their homework, you know, okay. all those things um, in a really lovely way. Sometimes I think in the U.S. we're tainted by the word like group home, like, oh, that's horrible. This is actually really good and beautiful. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're not called group homes. They're called safe homes. Yeah. So there's that. that's one piece of the safe housing. And then there's another piece where if the woman is actually ready to leave, and again, nobody forces her out of the brothels, she can make a conscientious choice, whether she's a single woman or has children, to leave, but usually there's no place for her to go. So then there's also what we call restoration homes with our partners, and that would be safe housing for women and children. So they want to leave the brothel, but they don't have a family to go home to, unlike here in the U.S. where there's a lot of safety nets. They can't just get on like welfare or food stamps or have subsidized housing. They don't have those programs. So like, where is she going to go? Um, yeah. Other than being homeless on the street, which is she was so vulnerable. That's what got her into trafficking in the first place. Yeah. So there's um, these restoration, which are safe homes for women. So as they get trained and start on a new life and a new path to freedom, they need a safe place to live too. And this might be a dumb question, but like, how do they know about these safe homes then? Like, do people go in to like tell them or? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, like any, I think problem or addiction, again, sex trafficking isn't an addiction, but I'm just saying like, if you think about, there's like a a tangential sort of way this works. Um, if you think about AA, I, I haven't been, but I have friends who, who are alcoholics who've been through that program. And the beauty of that program is that they all have a sponsor who is also an alcoholic who knows exactly what they're going through and has been clean and kind of helps them through it, right? So if you think about that sort of model, that's um, okay. a, a lot of times the best way to reach out to women are women who've been um, forced prostitutes and been survivors of the brothels themselves. And now they're going back and telling their friends and former neighbors and comrades like, Hey, this organization's legit. There's actually a way out. I'm living proof. You know me. And this is what I'm doing now. And so that's usually the best way is um, word of mouth from women who have been, who are survivors and they're telling their friends um, or even strangers, if they're not in a red light in their area, um, about a better way and, and opportunities for them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't even think about like having something separate for the kids that mm-hmm. are affected by, you know, their mom in this whole situation. And so that's so nice that you have that opportunity for the kids to have a better life, you know? Yeah, and that's where the real the cycle of sex slavery can be broken mm-hmm. because the kids clearly no one has a choice in this matter, right? And the kids are born into this by no choosing of their own. And um, public education is not free in India, mm-hmm. so many of these kids are not going to school. Yeah. So they grow up literally illiterate, not learning to read or write. They're very intelligent as any other kids are, um, but with that zero opportunities, what are their options? So the girls end up becoming sex slaves and the boys end up becoming pimps or a bar owner or some sort of service around the brothel community because that's all they know mm-hmm. and um, and they haven't had a chance for any education so it it really is so important because it for the children it breaks the cycle of generational slavery um 
and without intervention, there's no, there's no American, you know, quote, dream over there. It isn't like a kid can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. They can't mm-hmm. wow. without any intervention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about your affiliate program and how it works? So um, which affiliate program are you referring to? Because that word's used in a couple of different ways around here. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to tighten up well, our language. We saw it on um under the Sudar website when we were looking and just like finding out more information and it seemed like it was something that others could join in to like help support. Yeah. So there's a couple of ways. Um, yes. Okay. Thank you for the the clarification. And as we, um, like I said, we're going to be launching some other things that are a different way to use the term affiliate. Okay. Right now we do have like, if there's influencers, Um, out there that have a certain and we have a certain criteria social media following or whatever so we have ways to engage um, influencers that would say hey where there's alignment like we're not going to necessarily pay to post there's this whole pay to play thing like that's not really in our core values but if we realize that some um, influencers have this as a job and they need to make an income too and so if you're sharing and and people are buying and excited about what we're doing then there could be like a small percentage of that that goes back as a form of payment um, because you're helping us get the word out and so instead of paying facebook or instagram ad fees we're we're paying a little bit to the affiliate who's driving the that traffic and eyeballs to our site so that's a little bit how it works today that market is becoming a little saturated, a little weird, a little crazy, yeah. actually. Yeah. So um, we're going to be launching um, some really new things here in the coming months around direct sales for women. Okay. Um, and so it'll be more about women empowering women in a way that really is reaching out like as a business to business. So a direct sales force, but not a multi-level marketing, not... Okay. Women selling to their friends in their home, not like that. It would okay. be like women um, representing us to other businesses, boutiques in their town, nonprofits oh. who need to do a fundraiser, that kind of thing. So that'll be a little more forthcoming as the details are rolled out, but that'll okay. be a really fun, innovative way to shift paying Facebook. Instead, we want to empower more women and that's right. right in line with our mission. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I feel like once people become aware of your company and like your mission and like, and then see the pants, like why would they not get them? Like that's kind of how yeah. I felt like, and now like after hearing even more like about your mission and stuff, I'm just like, why would people not want to support, you know, like, I don't know, like it's just like, I feel like that could be not an easy thing for people to do, but like, I feel like boutiques and people would want to buy into that and would want to support. Yeah, thanks. We're hoping so too, because like we like to say, our pants are amazing and beautiful and fun. And yeah. you even said, thank you for your personal testimonial that they're sort of like your favorite go-to. They are. So even on the merits of the products alone, it's great. But honestly, our mission is really not about the pants. Like we don't mention anything about pants or pajamas in our mission. Hmm. So if the pants went away, our mission would still be strong. Our mission is about pathways to freedom for women. Now. Yeah pajama pants and really beautiful prints like make it really easy like mm-hmm. that's the vehicle but that's our mission isn't to become like a pajama empire right yeah, <laughs> our mission yeah. is to help as many women as we can right. and pajamas elaborate <laughs> just happened to be a really fun and easy way to do it um but yeah we're we're hoping and we're banking on the fact th- that your response is spot on 
that like, why wouldn't you do this? You're spending your money anyway. You have to buy gifts anyway, be it like a Mother's Day gift, a Christmas right. gift, a, a bridal shower, uh, a new mom maternity. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. These products can be used for all of those yep. reasons in your life. And you could do it and not feel guilty when mm-hmm. you're shopping at Old Navy or Target or Walmart mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. So what is just some of, just to wrap this up, because we know you're busy, what is some of your just proudest moments working with Sudara and just everything? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, I feel like every day I just beam because again, our team is so stellar. So my proudest moments tend to be like with other people. Yeah. Um, But I will say one that affected me personally just recently is my daughter, um, they had to do, so we have three kids, my husband and I, we've been married for almost 19 years and we have 12 year old twins and six and eight year old. Sorry. And um, it was a project that one of my daughters had last year at school that was basically like, what do you want to do when you grow up kind of thing. But they had to do this little collage. And um, anyway, the response on there was, I want to help people like my mom. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, like that was such a proud moment. Yeah. Like it really is about modeling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just following my calling, but to see like kids are paying attention my own included Mm -hmm. and when they're thinking about careers and what they want to do and at the time it's funny they were so young they didn't even like know that it's like sex trafficking and that like deep but they do know like we I and my husband is in a similar space but he helps minors out of sex trafficking in the U.S. through a nonprofit. he started so we're both in this space so they don't know that mom and dad help kids who are having to sell their bodies for sex they don't know those details (laughs) kind of um, the older ones are do, but right. um, it really is about helping people out of slavery. So that was a proud moment just for me personally. And then another one that is just our organization and not, I had nothing to do with, which is really fun, was um, our one of our sewing center partners was telling our whole team at one of our meetings that this happened. And so women who want to be seamstresses and then they sew our products, but and then the sale of our products kick off funds that help train all of those other jobs. Anyway, one of the non-sewing jobs, she got placed, and she came back and donated her entire paycheck back to the program. Wow. So her first paycheck, she said, Mm -hmm. I want you to use this with, like, she was so proud and beaming. Mm -hmm. I want you to take this whole paycheck to help more women like me. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this beautiful picture of that's what it's all about. It's about women empowering women. And guess what? We're all the same. There's no hierarchy. We're all just trying to live a good life and provide for our kids and and do all the things and and seeing that though she was a recipient of so much kindness and goodness and right when she was able, she turned back and became the giver and the empowerer. It was just like so beautiful. So that is So being a mom of three and having this incredible company, how do you take time for yourself to just kind of unwind oh and just Sister, relax I feel like that yeah that's a constant struggle for me yeah um and some seasons I do it better than others right mm-hmm. sometimes I'm burning the candle at both ends and I'm stressed out and I'm like oh this I don't like this girl and my kids probably don't like me either because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like frazzled and yeah. crazy um and then other times I have self-awareness but really what I try and do is I I pray and I meditate and I read my Bible. That's the way like I start my day is just being really centered in like who I am and why I'm doing this Mm -hmm. as just a human being, just as Shannon, not as a mom, not as a business owner, not as a wife, just as me. And then it's like 
through an overflow of a full heart and soul, then I have something to give to others. Um, so I really try and start my day self-care in that way. I always have to have my coffee, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Truth. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I also, um, I'm really a stickler around my schedule. So I start my workday really early and I get off by 3.15 sharp so that I can pick up my kids from school and give them an after-school snack and talk about their day on the way home and um, help them with their homework and take them to violin and to lacrosse and to soccer and sometimes just watch a movie and eat popcorn or whatever. Um, and so I, I'm just very fastidious and people are like, can we have a call at three? I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> this is my work day. This you is when balance. I work and I'm, mm-hmm, and I'm just really, um, I have very strong boundaries around that. I also have, um, Thursday nights or date nights at our house. Mm. And so every other week, my husband and I go on a date. And then the in-between weeks, we each do a one-on-one date with one of the kids. And there's like a schedule. So we make sure that Thursday nights, again, super sacred, those are date nights. And everyone sort of knows. And they'll be like, hey, do you want to do whatever? And I'm like, nope, it's Thursday. They're like, oh, yeah, it's date night. (laughs) I need to tell my husband that. I know. That's a great idea. And I love the idea of just having one with your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should do it. Because my husband and I used to have a weekly date, like before kids came along. And mm-hmm. Thursday was our date night because it was like, you know, it's sometimes you're out of town on the weekend and other people are having birthday parties and right. so it kept getting bumped if it's like Friday night. But Thursday night, it's still like during the week. Right. So it's like, and not a lot of stuff bumps it because you're going to be working and going to school, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we just translated that to, to the kid thing, too. And it's been really fun and special. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Like, some people right. kind of push back, and they're like, we don't have the money to do that. I'm like, you can go to the library right. with your kid for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Or you can go on a bike ride. You can pack a picnic. Like, mm-hmm. it's not about entertainment mm-hmm. and money. It's just about quality time spent. So that's another way I feel like we really try and manage self-care with our family. Yeah. Because um, that's my first priority. You know, it, yeah. it really isn't the business is my family. Um, and then after that, you know, I have to make sure to manage the business and all of those things. Yeah. And I can see that now with my oldest who's four, like just him craving the attention mm-hmm. of that one-on-one time and him being jealous if I put his brother down to bed. And so I think yeah. that's a great idea to mm-hmm. like, and I think that's something they would pick up on like, you know, a weekly mom or weekly dad time. Good yeah, idea, Shannon. Really, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be big. It can be right. really, if you're comfort time, it can be 45 minutes. Yeah. It can be, sometimes it's three hours. And, you know, the older kids now, like, it's super fun to hang out with my 12-year-old son and have, like, a date night, you yeah. know? And sometimes he's like, oh, hey, Mom, can I really wanted to see this movie. Or other times I'm like, oh, hey, bud, do you want to do anything? He's like, you pick. And so, like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll surprise them with what we're doing. Sometimes they get to weigh in. We'll decide together. But yeah. it's really it's really fun. Um, is- it's like, yeah, it's sacred time. So that's, that's a lot of self-care. What I do need to get better at, and if you guys have a hot tip for me, is um, just getting my workout schedule back on track. I've got, got to tell you, I'm in my 40s now, and I've gained like 25 pounds, and I'm not okay with it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I feel like I'm doing all the things, and I'm trying so hard to be healthy. And yeah. This, but we are not your day, girls for that, like, Shannon. <laughs> I do not have time for everything. I know. And that feels like one more thing I need to do. 
Um, so anyway, I, that. Yeah, we're not your um, mm-hmm. girls for that at all. We just but try- maybe one of your listeners are. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I just try to like drink lots of water and just get outside with my kids. Like, and if I do that, then I'm like, okay, you know, like. There's seasons, and maybe next season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I definitely think just eating better yeah. trumps working out all the time. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard. It is hard. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay, so we're all in it together. There's all we in are it. all That's in it right. together, yes. Well, thank you so nice. much for taking the time and for sharing all this. I mean, I feel like I learned so much more, mm-hmm. like, and it makes me so much more excited to share, you know, like, and to tell people, like, who you guys are and your mission. And Yay. so thank you, awesome. Shannon. Yeah, thank you for being interested in the opportunity and just for being you know, a mouthpiece because we don't want to be anyone's best kept secret. Like we yeah. really, we're, we're not mm-hmm. about building a name for ourselves. We really, really are just about our mission. Right. So I'm like unashamed to be like, yeah, tell everyone what we're doing and all about us. Cause it's not about me or my personal um, empire. It really is just about the mission and the women mm-hmm. in India. And so I'm like, yeah, share and buy and give We will <laughs> for, I'm, I'm unashamed to ask for yeah. it. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us, and we really appreciate it, and we hope to spread your mission as well. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome, ladies. We'll continue the conversation. Hope to do it again. All right. right. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. We really enjoyed getting the opportunity to speak to Shannon. We don't know about you guys, but we loved that. We felt like we were able to gain some more insight into their mission and just how they are changing the lives of women in India. If you would like to follow Sudara, they are on social media at Sudara Goods, and you can also follow them on their website, sudara.org, and see all of the things they have to offer. Please subscribe below. Thanks.